Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, welcome to another week of our podcast, Med Family. I am your host, Eric Acker, hosting with Karen. Hey, guys. Hey, so we would be remiss, I guess, not to at least lead off with our step two score result. We, if you don't follow us on Instagram, Med Family MD. We did announce, I think, on Wednesday, the day that, that last week's podcast came out, that we, we did get indeed get a pass. So that was nice. We got that notification that morning through that VS, v, uh, FSVC website. <laughs> uh, yeah, that little hack you can find on Reddit. And then about 11.30, I got a notification while I was driving to one of the eye appointments for our daughter. Got the actual three-digit score. So... We got that information that's really good. We're kind of a huge weight off the shoulders, really kind of happy to have a passing score. And it's not a bad score. It's not probably not as high as I would have loved it to be. I think, of course, if you get like a really high score and you're 250s, 260s and above, you uh, you feel like a lot of doors are open to you. And I didn't quite, I didn't hit those marks. So I, I, of course, have a little bit of a voice on that. Like, I wish I, I could have gotten a bit of a better score, but I did better than my step one score. And so we are heading in the right direction. For sure. Um, so immediately when he texted me, I ended up putting his step two score into Match Resident. Of course, that repopulated everything and reorganized it all. And I, for the first half of the, well, I guess second half of the day, I was trying to reorganize it. And I just decided that that was too much work. And I was just going <laughs> to start over again, which ended up being just fine because, um, actually this last Saturday, Eric went to a doctor's house to talk about. Yeah. There was a, a Christian club that a friend of mine, Caleb runs. They have like a doctor's talks and this, yeah, this last week was on finance, like Karen was saying. So in all of that, there was this little tidbit that he had said about you can live anywhere for three years and you when you look through all of these residencies and how much they pay and all of that stuff like what I was coming up against was okay this is what we're living off of now can we live off of that in these areas and I was just kind of looking at like cost to rent and cost to buy a house in order to judge that but there are actually calculators out there that you can use so we've found, what one are we using? Smart assets or something like something that. Something like that. So we are basically basing it off of Piedmont. And so all of ours are either whether, or whether it's an increase in affordability or a decrease. Yeah, it's going to basically, we put in like the annual salary at Piedmont, like Karen was saying. And then it's going to give us like, in order to have the same standard of living or the same basically take home buying power with that salary at this other this other location you need to make this amount and so we're trying to compare the two salary amounts to see like okay is this doable because we know we can make this area work we've been making it work yes and we've been making it work on less than what piedmont pays but we also know that loans are going to start to come due so even if it it's a higher (laughs) salary we are going to have to spend money towards 
Yeah, we're not going to have. We might not be able to enjoy the same luxuries that we've been enjoying presently as a resident. So we have to try to factor in. There's going to be a little extra expenses here and there that we're going to have to fork out. And so this is a a nice new tool because again, like housing and rent, there's like kind of like one data point, but like fuel costs, heating costs, rent. Um, there's of course the income tax, and there's you know costs to buy groceries and all those fun things. It kind of all these things kind of play a part into cost of living of an area. So we're not necessarily trying to be super picky in this process because we can't be super duper picky, but we also want to be smart about. Yeah, and I do think that we are a little bit blessed because when we first started med school, we ha- we had every intention of going back to our the Pacific Northwest, yeah. where we were originally from. But since then... My parents have moved. Eric's parents have moved. My parents are in the process of... Moving. Moving, They've, or at least... De- they're making motions they're that making, wanted to move. Yeah, and they have started looking at different states. And my sister, one of my sisters has moved out of the state. And so, really, our ties there aren't nearly as strong. <laughs> so... And then also being away from family for, we're on almost, we're starting year four. We, we can, we can do it for another three years yeah, we, or we another four years. Yeah, we would like to years. be close to family, of course, and we would like to be, but I mean, as, as it stands right now, we know where my family is. We don't really, you know where your sister's going to be in mm-hmm. another year, and your parents, of course, haven't decided on where to go. <laughs> so there's right. a lot of... Uh, we want to be close to the grandparents because I think it's important that the grandparents can see the grandbabies and not just through FaceTime or Zoom or whatever. It's nice that they actually get to spend time. And we would like to have a you know, free grandparent babysitting every now and then too. <laughs> right? It's not, not bad for us either. Right. Uh, but at the same time, like we don't have that strong pull that we used to. So now it's kind of... Okay, well, we can we can make anywhere work, just like this doctor had said, and so now we're really kind of just looking at okay, well, what what would work best for us financially, and then also for Eric professionally. I don't want to. It was about an hour to two hour dinner with this uh, anesthesiologist, and so I don't want. I would hate to try to summarize too much of what he said because there's a lot of what he said that was, I think, very useful and very valuable. Maybe one of the critiques I would have had was that it wasn't really geared financial advice for the med students because uh, obviously we live on loans and we don't exactly have any assets or maybe you don't maybe we, you do I don't know but we don't generally bring in any money we don't <laughs> we don't really contribute. It's, it was good advice for later in life. Yeah, it was a lot of um, advice about how to make your your money work for you, how to make smart investments, uh, how to look at certain things. It's very. It was very interesting. Uh, again, I would hate to try to distill it down, but he, the biggest takeaway was him pointing out, and it's what we were kind of talking about as well, that you can make uh, $380,000 a year in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and in order to make that, have the same standard of living, uh, you know, same buying power as someone in Sioux Falls in New York City, that, that same doctor would have to make, I think it was close to like, close to a million dollars. So like, <laughs> there's obviously some really good advantages. You get paid pretty well. And some, some people actually get paid well above the, the average salary 
of their you know positions in their specialty in some of these locations in the plains especially so he was pointing out some of these kind of hot areas that will pay the doctors more because there's kind of a lack of physicians around to do that work so there, there was of course that and again that kind of goes to his thing about you can live anywhere for three years is more to the a residency is residency and at the end of the day all residents will want to match and you know you don't want to turn down like say ohio or iowa because oh well that's in the midwest and i don't really want to live there it's going to be terrible I, i'm you know i love urban environments well don't turn it down because you can live there for three years and then after three years you get your you get your board certification you move on and you can go to wherever you want of course like obviously those programs are looking for people who want to live in those areas but at the same time like don't turn down opportunities that could present themselves to you and that yeah. was a more or less his advice and we we've more or less been taking that to heart because like karen said we haven't been really anchored to any particular we we used to be anchored to pacific northwest and i think now we're leaning towards maybe the southeast south southeast midwest area like it's a huge part of the country we're kind of looking <laughs> at we're, we're, we're almost willing to go just about anywhere but we get, we have a suspicion most of our family is going to end up in the southeast. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, just to kind of speak to the residencies, like I think last year after match, there was an email that was sent out of people that didn't match. These were residency programs that you could match into that didn't fill up, and one of them was Sioux Falls. And so I went ahead and looked it up, and they pay higher than nor- average. Like the program seemed really good. The and website was nice. Anyway. The website was nice. This is a family medicine program too. Yeah, which we aren't going. And for. they were, I think, associated with the university there they too, weren't. which is kind of a hard. But thing it had get. a rural component to it. It had no state income tax, like all these things. And I'm just like, wow, if we were going for family med, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't mind. Yeah, something to something to really consider, right? Yeah, because I mean, it paid better than Florida. It paid better than here. It paid like, so I was just like, huh, interesting, but. And so I, I was curious as to why it did why it was one of the programs that hadn't filled up and like listening to people now going through this process that we are going through like they have definite areas where they want to be and whereas we've looked at the application and we're like okay so it wants us to indicate like different divisions different divisions and we're like well we could be happy in these states but maybe not this state or like yeah it's so it's it's definitely tricky because there's like some divisions where it's like i'm good with this state going to this state but like the other two i don't really have any real connection to and then there's another one where it's like i have a lot of connections in like half of those states but not the other half and then you kind of decide like which one do i you can you can signal three divisions and so this is a supplemental application not every specialty has a supplemental application so yeah internal med definitely does and um other i think i think pediatrics orthopedics general surgery a few other ones definitely have the supplemental i don't think family med does i think family medicine one of the ones that does not use a supplemental yeah so i don't know it's it's been kind of an interesting process um we are definitely going to try and get a large chunk of that done this week yeah Um, my my goal currently (laughs) is to Wrap up the ERAS portion tonight slash tomorrow morning so I can do a printout print out of it and then send it to 
uh, a, fellow, a former student, uh, Matthew Barvo. He, is, he was on the podcast. He, he's a huge wealth of information, really great guy. He matched in a program in Arizona, but he has extended you know, an offer out to a lot of Trinity students to look over their ERAS applications and supplementals, and he will add some corrections and pointers and whatnot to try to help your application be as good as it can get. It, for the, the low price of $50, it's not actually all that bad considering some of the other stuff out there. So I think the goal is to have it all done tomorrow to send it, send it off to him and hopefully he can get some corrections. I don't know what his timeline is, so hopefully, in my mind, hopefully at the end of the week I will have my entire application fine-tuned and ready to go. Yeah, and then we just have to figure out what programs we want to indicate that we are most interested in and you have to narrow it down from like 200 and something to seven right like yeah or we have, 300 yeah or, it depends on your specialty so know. like if we're, if we're, <laughs> let's say we're going internal med we got we have to try to get seven programs to signal we can still of course apply to however many we want to but you want to signal seven and if you're saying like um i think I looked in there, I saw orthopedics has, like, you can signal up to 30. Well, I don't know if you're going to only do, uh, you know, only apply to 10, then you just signal your 10, and then you call it call it good. So right. in either case, we've got to narrow down our list and make sure we are applying for the programs we absolutely, you know, and signaling the programs we absolutely want to, and, of course, uploading all the programs that we do want to be a part of. So. Yeah. And right now we're at kind of the process where both Eric and I are working on the spreadsheet. One of us is on match resident. One of us is on the Explorer tool. And then we're putting all the information in and then doing the cost of living calculator. In addition to that, just to kind of figure out, um, because both of them give you a little bit different information. Most of it's the same, but like, um, the Explorer tool will say how many residency positions they have open. They'll give you... Yeah, like, like, and it's wildly different. Like orthopedics, you look in some of that, and it's like we, we take three residents a year. So you know it's, it's a little bit more competitive. Mm-hmm. But then you go... And not that internal med isn't also competitive. Internal med will have like 12 positions available. So that's kind of what we've utilized the Explorer tool for. Sometimes... Um, you can't always find like the salary information on the website, so the Explorer tool is useful for that as well. The also, website kind of gives us a oh, little bit more of a feel of the program itself. So, based off of the pictures that they include or their residency life profile or whatnot, you definitely get the feeling that there's a different atmosphere at different programs just based off of their website. So that's kind of useful information to know. Um, also, the residency explore and then the website sometimes will have the information on the minimum score. So match a resident, I think, is supposed to have some of that too. But I have seen a few times when it's like match a resident will say they just want a minimum of a pass on CK step two CK or step one. And then you go on to residency explore and you're like, yeah, that's the minimum score to get an interview is like a bit higher than just a pass. Right. <laughs> so, but the match resident has like, it'll have reviews from people that have interviewed at the program. It will tell you, okay, based off of your scores, they've interviewed this many people. Um, 
somebody from your, your school, school has area actually, has actually uh, interviewed and matched there. It'll rank like the friendliness towards IMG students, which is not something that the Explorer tool really does. You can kind of get it from their graphs based off of... But you do have to do a lot of looking. you have to do a lot of looking for it, so it's just kind of explicitly it, stated. It's nice to have something that's essentially curated and gives you just like, these are my scores, this is my my profile, like you know, I'm a US, you know, US citizen, or you're not a US citizen. If you need a J-1 visa, all that stuff, you put in all that information past step one, step two on the first try, and then it gives you just a list of programs that you match the profile of people who have applied, interviewed, and gotten in. And so you just have this, like, I think for internal med is one of the ones we paid for. And it's got like 300 and something programs that we can kind of look at. And it's a varying degree from 100% match, you know, like... 100% profile match there. Like, you guys, you should have probably no problem getting in. There's all the way down to, I haven't gone to the I bottom of the list, the but <laughs> I think our within 200 schools, we get into the low 80s or is it the yeah. 70s? No, it's the mid to, mid to low 80s. So, like, there's a, there's a good number of um, programs that you can really look at. And, I mean, there's now that doesn't mean that we're just taking the top, you know, 200, taking number or whatever. Uh, we are trying to be somewhat judicious at, we're not trying to be too picky, but we're trying to be judicious at like, okay, well, you know, we don't really think we could live in New York City. So that one's going to have to go off the list because yeah. <laughs> even if we live outside of the main city, getting into the city is going to be a little too tough. But, you know, a family of five is going to be a bit of a <laughs> five, struggle. <laughs> five. Five kids. Five kids. Five, yeah. five kids. <laughs> Two adults, family, family of is seven. seven. We, yeah, I don't. We can't make New York work. And quite frankly, I have I have visited New York. I don't particularly it, want. We to don't live need in to New get York. too. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there's like, obviously some strong feelings about. We, I, I use that one because that's the easiest example. Yes. But. Yes. So um, the other nice thing about Match a Resident is it's a little bit more user friendly than the Explorer tool. The Explorer tool is free, um, but it, you kind of have to go through each and every state in order to figure. Well, it. you can do it different way. There's different like settings you can use for. So I'm not the one. What I have set up right now isn't exactly the best way to. If you were going to look through it, I don't have my step two loaded into that one. Oh, okay. It does have like different like bubbles. Like if it you have a dark black bubble, it's like you're. A perfect match. You have a circle. It's like you have a partial match. If you have like a, something else, then it's like no. <laughs> but it, it, it's under different categories like research, oh, okay. volunteer experience, work experience, step. <laughs> I don't think it's as user friendly as I, the match resident. It, it definitely has a lot of information, so I definitely wouldn't discourage no. residency explorer. But I, I like match resident for its its ability for us to kind of curate a list and move move through it a little bit faster. Yes. Yes, but it is nice to have the Explorer tool to just kind of verify information or to get the information we can't find on the website or from Match Resident. For so sure. that's kind of what we're using right now. We need to hustle a little bit more on that one because we're we're getting we're recording this about a week from when I start my first away rotation, and so there's life is about ready to get a lot busier <laughs> if it hasn't already gotten very busy, <laughs> and we're trying to knock out a lot of the things that we can do. That I mean that if we can get the supplemental, the ERAs and our programs all selected and 
into the system by the time you know the application can go live mid-September and then gets jumped off to the program's end of September, you know, I'll be in the middle of a rotation. All I would have to do at that point is log in, pay the whatever fee I have to pay, which is going to be thousands, and then hit submit and, you know, off it goes. And I don't need to worry about filling out one more thing or including extra details. So we're trying to put in a lot of work now so that we have a little bit less stress later. I mean, we're going to be pretty stressed later, but we're hopefully not going to be stressed about doing this. Yes, that is the goal. On the home front, um, I can add a HVAC expert to my uh, resume now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Eric fixed our AC. It yeah. was going in and out, and we couldn't figure out why. And yeah. it would just be on for a few minutes, and then it would kick, turn itself off, and then it, you would see like a little notification that the power wire no longer has power on our Nest thermostat, and so we would tap things. You know, start using the old uh, fix it method of whacking things and <laughs> you were doing that <laughs> i maybe, was not <laughs> maybe a little bit and or flipping the, the breaker on and off and like what 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 magical combination of thing you know of hitting things and switching breakers is going to make this thing work and finally when i hate the timing of this like i think we got to the point where the house was getting up into the 80s and i was like okay you probably should just call our landlord and have her send a technician out here and just fix it because I'm going to be gone in the week and I I don't tend to like to work on home electronics because there's like 240 volts running through those wires and I, I'm already not great at not touching both ends of a wire <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't oh. want to electrocute myself <laughs> but then so as Karen is messaging our landlord and landlord's talking to her about putting in a work order it finally dawned on me to go ahead and look at some youtube videos because again this is a, a, a common theory that i have is that you will probably rarely in your life come across a problem that someone else has not ever come across especially when it comes to simple things like h simple quote, quote unquote <laughs> like hvac systems or cars it's pretty rare that you're going to come across a problem that literally nobody else has run across so I, I found a video that said that the, there's a possibility of a, apparently there's a drainage pipe coming off of the HVAC system and that not the ones outside, but the ones in the attic. And then if that gets clogged and doesn't drain properly, there's a back backflow sensor that basically shuts it off. And I was like, huh, that seems to make sense. So I went up into the attic and sure enough, the, the drain thing had a really tiny hole left in it like it was pretty clogged up it had a little tiny area where it was draining through so that's why it would turn on for a little bit accumulate a little bit of water shut itself off wait for that to drain down turn itself back on and so i just snaked it out real quick and it has been working very well ever since yep so so hvac expert <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's not electrical, he's good. <laughs> yeah, electrical is not usually my friend. I mean, I can do plug-and-play sort of stuff. I just don't want to do wiring. Yeah. So he fixed our, our HVAC, which I am grateful for, and I think our landlord is grateful for because she's already had to send somebody out to fix our AC once since we've been here. Yep. Um, that, that, one I could, that one I could not have fixed. No, that was a, like a, leak or a something? fan broke. Okay, yeah. Um, and then Eric changed oil today. He had a meeting 
at the hospital with about... Um, yeah, we're working on a, a surgery orientation, and it's kind of a collaboration as my role as a surgery chair and a collaboration with the surgery interest group. So we're working on that, getting that kind of through the hospital higher-ups in politics so that we we don't step on anyone's toes. We Everyone knows what we're doing, that we're allowed to do it. And so that's what we're, we're working on. <laughs> that was That's essentially the gist of today's meeting was what we needed to do to get this thing off the ground. So that was good. We have we have essentially something every every day this week. Yes. Like I think tomorrow I have a doctor's appointment. Yes, I went to a doctor's two months ago, and apparently I need to go back and get my vaccination information filled out. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it is. I, I don't know. I I was hoping that the doctor could just fill out that vaccination paperwork and send it back to me, but the office said that they wanted to go ahead and have me come back in. And I just figured I might as well just do it and, and not have to, at least while I'm there, I can bring all the paperwork in, I can have them fill it out in front of me, and I can leave with my vaccination paperwork, because that's um, required. I, I have everything good to go for my, my first away rotation in Northeast Georgia, but I have another rotation uh, after that in Kansas City, and I kind of don't want to be dealing with this while I'm on my uh, Northeast Georgia away. Yeah, so... So then oh, that's Tuesday. <laughs> and mine is on Wednesday. Yeah, Karen's got a doctor's appointment Wednesday, which I don't, I'm not going to because I, I get You're to hang out with the kids. <laughs> and so Karen gets a, a day where she gets to go to OBGYN. And I don't know how exciting that is at this point. I used to always be able to go to your appointments with you back when they were at the clinic I worked at. That was really handy. I can just that take was a, really like, a quick nice. t- 20 minute break and <laughs> go and sit with Karen during her appointments. But now it's a little bit trickier. We we lost our primary babysitter, and now we're just we're, we're finding on new it. ones. We're finding new ones. <laughs> uh, and then what Thursday is Oliver's speech, but it's also going to be kind of a busy day as well, because I have to be up in Atlanta in the morning. I'm meeting with a former in uh, former resident of the program. I'm going to do my way at. He had offered months ago to have me come up, and he can give me kind of a crash course on the electronic medical record system, which. I, I'm looking forward to I know it's supposed to be Epic. I know I've worked on Epic before, so I, I should pick it up pretty quick. But this is somebody who's like going to give me some some of his time, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity. So I'm going to go up early in the morning, take care of that. Uh, I think Oliver has, he's got speech. One of our oldest sons has speech therapy. And then I have the orientation meeting for all the students studying their core rotations on September 5th. I'm doing the SGA orientation for them. Again, that's part of my role as the core chair. I don't have a lot of roles, really. I mean, it sounds like I do a lot as an SGA core chair, but realistically, this is like the two big things that I'm working on. Uh, Besides that, it's just if someone has an issue, they just talk to me or they have a question, they talk to me. That's really much more of a personal, person-to-person situation as a core chair. Like, whether it's there's guys who's like the treasury secretary and they have to do like constantly dealing with money going in and out because there's so many clubs doing things. And so realistically, I'm not having to do a lot of work. There's just a lot of work right now. There may not be a lot of work later. Right. And then we're watching kiddos on Friday. Oh, yeah. Well, a friend of ours are moving. getting ready to move. And so we're helping them out. I don't think we have anything planned Saturday. We're packing. Because you're leaving. Yeah, I'm packing. I guess. <laughs> we, we still need to figure out where I'm going. I mean, I know 
about the hospital when when where when and where to show up for the hospital. I just don't know where I'm sleeping. I know Seth Elu, who's on the program a couple times, he's up there and he's offered to let me stay with him. But the hospital has also said, "Hey, we're gonna set you up with a room. Just fill out this paperwork," which I did. Now I'm just waiting to make sure that you have a place. I do have a place, and if they don't, if it doesn't work out, then I'm gonna be living with the Elus. Uh, hopefully not in the basement because I. Basement's a little cold, a little chilly, <laughs> <laughs> but it, the, I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity. To, you know, so I'll be staying somewhere, and it won't cost me an arm and a leg. Hopefully, yes. yes. So I don't know. That's kind of where we're at. Oh, we did also. Um, we w- recorded two episodes, <laughs> which yes. still need to be edited. But we <laughs> also have, on the list of things on, to do. On the list of things to do. But we have two episodes, so as those away rotation, I, and I think I would, I really do want to share what's going on in my away rotations as much as I can, as you know, without violating HIPAA or any privacy laws. I also know that it's going to be a very busy rotation. People who've had this rotation are saying that basically you might work six days and have one day off, and then proceed to do another six days. That sounds pretty busy. <laughs> I don't know how long those each day is per se, but. I, I just know I'm going to be there to work, and I'm going to be doing a lot of work, and I still want to do the podcast. That's something that we committed to doing, but obviously having a couple episodes in the bank is going to be helpful, just in case. Yes. But you can look forward to, at least within the next eight weeks, there's two special episodes that we have recorded. We just need to edit them down a little bit and produce, you know, put them with the intros and whatnot. And those should be out within the next eight weeks. You'll have at least two. We're working on maybe a third and fourth, but we'll have at least two, you know. And, you know, honestly, I would try to do the updates as best as we can. Worst comes to worst, you just might get like a quick 10 minute. We're still alive. We're still kicking. <laughs> We're so tired. Yeah. So the next, uh, I want to say through December, are probably going to be. She, she's including her postpartum period. I am. <laughs> through December. Um, we are hoping to get a weekly podcast out, but no, it may not always be the case, but we will at least try and update Instagram. Yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time for sure. It's exciting, stressful, and uh, stressful. <laughs> yes, yes. Ordering, oh, that's the other thing. We are ordering Eric's suit today <laughs> yeah, for interviews. We, ha- we have an older suit, but it doesn't seem to fit quite well, and the pants have accidentally gone through the wash a few times. It's like the, the fat guy in a little suit sort of situation going on. <laughs> the suit coat didn't go through the wash. The pants did, and that nothing nothing could un, have undone those. So, no, and you can't unshrink wool. You can. It's just no. apparently not the, those wool pants. <laughs> <laughs> we tried. We tried so hard. Uh, so we are going to order a new suit, and we've put a lot of thought and energy into it we're doing the online do the measurements and whatnot and the program will have you walk you through how to do all the measurements put all the stuff in and they will tailor quote and unquote make your suit and then ship it to you and then you'll have a a suit and we'll have that all sorted out and it's a pretty reasonable price it's not breaking the bank or anything yeah so we'll have something for interviews so Looking forward to that. We just we we're gonna redo the measurements since the 
measure twice, cut once situation. Yes, yes. So we measured this oh, morning, and we'll then Ka- this evening. And Karen was very particular about me not having wool again. No. Which I, I, I'm going to probably be very thankful for. I'm a pretty sweaty dude. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I figure at interviews, you're nervous. I mean, you're trying to present yourself in the best light. And then, two, we are currently in Georgia. And even your away rotations, maybe not Kansas City, but... Georgia is still warm here. Um, so I, it doesn't seem to make sense, especially since most of the programs that we have considered so far are still somewhat in the south and more warm than the Pacific Northwest. It doesn't seem to make sense to buy a suit that is a heavier fabric. It seems like you'd want something that is breathable and yeah. then you can use it for longer. Yeah. So that's what we got going on. That's what's been going on in the last few weeks. Again, really happy to have finally got step two in the in the bag. It's done. We don't ever have to do it again. I, I still torture myself looking at Reddit every now and then with these people like, I got a 250 on step two. Can I still do internal medicine? It's like, yes, you can. Stop stop asking these questions. But I'll hear, I'll hear like <laughs> grumbling from the other side of the bed, and I'm just like, just... Just turn the iPad off. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> but there's like some people who are like, oh, I went from a like a 195 on step two to or like a 210 on step two one to a 260 on step two. Ask me anything. It's like, well, that's a little late. It's a little late. I'm, you know, all my questions. I, I, there's no going back. Like, we're not <laughs> going back. We're not taking step two again. I don't think you can. And I, no, no, should I? No, but I, I think. And this is just somebody from the outside looking in. I think step it, step one and step two are vastly different, and they test different knowledge pools. Like, one is more, these are the facts. This is what you should know. And then step two is more diagnostic and more practical. It's what you're going to be doing every day as a doctor. And so I think it really plays to most of your guys' strengths because that is what you want to do. Yeah. It, there, I mean, there is some people who will say, if you have a solid foundation with step one, you do really good on step one, you are really well set up for step two. And it's, of course, maybe a little bit of bias in there because if you're a good test taker, you're going to take and like you, you, did, you did good in step one. You knew your stuff and you're a good test taker. You know, you know 280 questions isn't all that daunting. And then you went ahead and you got to step two, you're going to probably have no problem doing that. So there's a little bit of bias also built into it. And also, let's keep in mind, these are also a lot of U.S. medical students, which are generally pretty smart and sharp. And not, I'm not saying Trinity or Caribbean students aren't. We just have different struggles and different things we got to work through. So we got to put in a lot of effort and, you know, with the effort, the time, you can get there, and that, that's again. I would just say, like, if you put in the effort, you put in the time, you really put your head down and you do the work, you'll get. You get. Hopefully, you get a passing score. You know, and hopefully, you get a good score. I, I hope everyone who's taking these tests get the score that they're targeting. But again, we, I'm just happy to have a passing score. I'm happy that the score is well north of where my step one score is. And again, I get to move on to my away electives and not worry about having to cancel everything, suffer the embarrassments and the, the shame and this, all the other things that I dreamed of over the last two weeks. So anyway, that's what we've got going on this week. 
would hopefully talk to you next week. I'll be in Northeast Georgia at that time. If not, if you don't hear from me, you'll hear one of the episodes we pre-recorded. And I'm really thankful for the people who took the time out of their day to do that with us. You can follow us on Instagram, MedFamilyMD. We do post updates there periodically. Karen is our little curator person who does all the hard work there and says I don't, I should not be on Instagram, which would be a huge time suck. And uh, <laughs> uh, you can He's also got find, enough of those. <laughs> you can find us, yes, yes, I do. Uh, you can find us on any of the podcasting sites, so Amazon, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anything that you listen to podcasts on, you should be able to find us. We will talk to you next week. Bye.